31 Days Praise and Worship Introduction, David W. Palmer. Much of our modern Christian experience centers on music, fun music, devotional music, but also music for praising, worshiping, and thanking God. Music can take up to half the time in our church meetings, youth rallies, and evangelistic events. Certainly, in our homes, cars, and leisure activities, our Christian music occupies at least as much of our attention as does preaching, teaching, or the Word. Why is it so prevalent? Is it scriptural? What are its objectives? Obviously, the Gospel writers didn't devote much of their writing to music or singing in Jesus' life. However, we do have some passages in the New Testament that can help us grow in this area. For example, Acts 15, 16, 17 and KJV, After this I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins, and I will set it up, so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does all these things. In this passage, the elder James quoted from Amos where God says that he wants to restore David's fallen tabernacle in New Testament times. What is David's tabernacle? It was simply a tent that housed the Ark of the Covenant. God's Ark is symbolic of God's manifested glorious presence. Wanting to restore David's tabernacle speaks of the way God wants to house his manifested presence in our time. He wants to re-establish the heart and atmosphere that surrounded David's tabernacle. God's purpose for doing this is clarified in the passage from Acts 15, so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name. His objective is about the Gentiles, the non-Jews, and this includes most of us. He wants us to seek the Lord. God wants the Gentiles who are called by His name, born-again believers, to have access to Him. He wants them to search Him out, and to worship Him. In other words, He wants David's tabernacle restored so Christians can have an unhindered way to encounter God in His glorious manifested presence, searching Him out and finding Him in worship in spirit and in truth. As a result, He wants us clothed in His Holy Spirit's power, so we can reach out effectively to more and more people with the good news of God's new birth. This is what Jesus said about worship. John 4 20, 24 in KJV, Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. 21 Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain, nor in Jerusalem, worship the Father. 22 You worship what you do not know, we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. 23. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. 24. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Jesus expects us to be true worshippers of his Father. He expects us to worship in spirit and in truth. What does this mean, and how do we apply it? I wrote this series of devotional teachings to help answer this, and to give you a scriptural foundation for expressing and enjoying the praise and worship that God seeks. However, the primary purpose is to help you get to the heart of what praise and worship are about, and to help you grow in your devotion, worship, and relationship with God. My part is to pray for you to encounter God as you read, and that He would open the eyes of your understanding, and pour out liberally on you His spirit of wisdom and revelation. F1 1621, David W. Palmer, 1. God seeks worshippers today. God desires true worshippers, they will serve him truly. Jesus has achieved immeasurable benefits for us through his death, resurrection, teaching, 
and exemplary life. Moreover, through his ongoing ministries, he is guaranteeing the availability of all he achieved for those who put their entire trust in God. However, Jesus has some expectations of us as well. He expects us to receive his new birth and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He also expects us to pray, to love one another, and to look after the poor, etc. In the following passage, we see another of his expectations that he hopes we will fulfill. John 4 20, 24 and KJV, but the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God seeks worshippers, and Jesus wants us to fulfill that expectation. However, if we look at the first time Jesus mentions worship, we see that there is some warfare around this expectation. Matthew 4 9 10 and KJV, and he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. 10. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. From this, we see that much spiritual warfare centers around the fact that Satan also wants worship. This is borne out in the book of Revelation, where we see the end time war for worship is played out, forcefully. Revelation 13:15 and KJV, he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. This obvious war for worshippers makes our choice clear. We either obey Jesus's expectation that we worship the Father in spirit and in truth, or we cower to the devil's intimidating manipulation to worship him. Sound familiar? On one hand, we have the choice of worshipping God, serving him only. This may endanger our temporal lives, but will ultimately lead to eternal worship of God in heaven. On the other hand, worshipping the devil and serving him and his worldly system will lead to eternity in hell. The choice is ours, and the choice is clear. We pray for God's grace to be his eternal worshippers in spirit and in truth. What about you? Will you willingly throw yourself wholeheartedly into Jesus's expectation that we worship Father in spirit and truth? If so, not only are you fulfilling what Father seeks, you're also fulfilling, and him only you shall serve. Yes, the one we worship, in spirit and truth, is also the one we will ultimately serve. If we invest time into actively coming to God, gazing into his face, and listening to him, we will see, perceive, hear, and know the works he has called us to walk in, and the grace we need to do them will be imparted to us at the same time. In other words, we will serve him, first with our spirits, then in the natural realm, Romans 1 9 NKJV, for God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son.